Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we will have a homily for the fourth Sunday in the season of Advent, which coincidentally falls on Sunday, December 24th, 2023. In our next episode, we'll have a homily from our Christmas Eve celebrations, which we marked on the evening of Sunday, December 24th. Let's begin by turning our attention to a reading from the first chapter of Luke's Gospel. Luke writes, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. For many of us, Christmas can be a very nostalgic time of year. Reflecting on happy memories from bygone days can be like bringing a treasure out into the daylight. Fond memories from the past can also help us cope when things become more challenging. I was in the car the other day when a radio host brought out one such nostalgic gem from my childhood. When I was growing up, there were many traditions that helped make Christmas what it was. In many ways, music was one of the things that wove those traditions together. Names like Herbie Albert, Nat King Cole, and Frank Sinatra were pretty much synonymous with Christmas in our household. Sure, their voices crooned from my dad's stereo at other times during the year, but at Christmas, they were the musical equivalent of pine needles and tinsel. And of course, the star that sat atop the musical Christmas tree was Bing Crosby. So when I was treated to a little historical trivia about this yuletide giant, I was transported back in time to our little bungalow in Willowdale. White Christmas was written by Irving Berlin while he was living in L.A. The song was written for the 1942 musical film Holiday Inn, and it won an Academy Award for Best Original Song the following year. Although covered by many others, the version sung by Bing Crosby is the world's best-selling single in terms of physical media, with estimated sales in excess of 50 million physical copies worldwide. 
When the figures for other versions of the song are added to Crosby's sales, sales of the song exceed 100 million copies. Crosby began his entertainment career by acting at vaudeville, where he was discovered by members of the Paul Whiteman Band, which helped launch his singing career. By the time Irving Berlin and White Christmas came along, Crosby had been entertaining people for roughly 20 years. Yet the combination of Crosby's voice and Berlin's lyrics helped cement Crosby as a household name for at least a generation, if not more. As I sat in my car, I couldn't help but wonder if Bing Crosby had any idea about the impact that song would have on his life and in the world. After 20 years in the industry, he probably had some idea of what would work and what would likely flop. As he walked into the studio with this music tucked under his arm for the first time, I can't imagine that he could have possibly comprehended the scale of this success. Sometimes it's hard to appreciate the importance of an event until you've had some time to reflect on the situation. Sometimes we need the perspective that comes only with a little emotional distance and some time. There are other times when the magnitude of a situation is pretty hard to miss. I think we have an example of the latter in our Gospel reading for today. Our Gospel reading for today opens with Luke describing a young woman named Mary having a supernatural encounter with an angel. Based on some of the biblical descriptions of angels, this had the potential to be a very intimidating and overwhelming event. Ironically, one of the very first things that the angel said to the young mother-to-be was to tell her not to be afraid. Before we go much further, it's worth considering Mary and her fiancé, Joseph. Mary and Joseph were engaged, but as yet unmarried. Luke tells us, almost in passing, that Mary had found favor with God, and now she would conceive in her womb and bear a son and name him Jesus. Joseph also had a supernatural encounter of his own. He had a dream in which God revealed to him that Mary was pregnant and that she would give birth to a child who would offer people redemption. Imagine a pregnant teen and her fiancé starting their life together. Add Mary's angelic apparition and Joseph's vision of God doing something new in their lives. Imagine how terrifying and overwhelming it could have appeared. Any birth is a turning point in the lives of the parents of the newborn, and yet Mary and Joseph must have known there was something out of the ordinary about the birth of this child. Yet despite the uncertainty and sheer unusual nature of the situation, they both stepped forward in faith. In doing so, they became vehicles through which God did something spectacular for the very first time. I would also like us to spend a few minutes considering the impact of this new thing that God was doing. I love the way that John's Gospel describes Jesus' arrival and subsequent work in the world. He describes Jesus as God becoming flesh and blood and moving into the neighborhood. In the person of Jesus Christ, God was no longer far off and remote. Jesus was God in person, walking, eating, sleeping, teaching, and healing. In the person of Jesus Christ, we see God assuming a physical body and coming to humanity, seeking out a relationship with us. Not only that, 
He did not come in power, in wealth, or as some political conqueror. He was born to a teenage girl in a stable. This is what it means for God to be with us, and it's not a limited time offer. We are told that after Jesus' resurrection, God's Spirit would continue to journey with us. This means that we can have an encounter with God that is not dependent on our performance. It's not about us saying the right prayers, being in the right place, practicing the right traditions in exactly the right way, or even being the right kind of person. In fact, all through the Gospels, we read about Jesus getting in trouble for eating with the wrong kinds of people, those who were deemed to be outcasts and sinners by the religious establishment. And this was God in human form. At Christmas, we are reminded that God seeks us out so that he can have a relationship with us. God comes to us without waiting for us to approach God. Like Mary and Joseph, like millions since, all we have to do is decide how we are going to respond. Let's pray. God of scandalous love, Mary consented to bear your word within herself. May her courage give hope to women and men who yearn to sing new songs of justice and find the world a dwelling place for God. Through Jesus Christ, the one who is to come. Amen. Amen.